Hi, I'm Emma Muir, soul coach, energy healer, and well-being guide, and an unapologetic curious soul. Connected Conversations brings well-being, love, and connection through authentic and open conversations, sharing amazing people who are being of service through their businesses, talking about all aspects of well-being and healing in life and in business. As a soul coach, I help men and women unlearn and unfuck themselves from childhood experiences, patterns, programming, and trauma. I know deeply learning through my own path to well-being over the years, all the different parts and habits that are needed to live a heart-centered life filled with well-being. Through my curious nature, I delve into connected conversations showing their journey in business and in life to inspire you to take the path to your well-being. The truth is, we're better supporting one another. We're better sharing our gifts to help one another in deepening our connection to ourselves and others. Thank you for watching or listening. I'm grateful for all your support, for sharing, for liking and commenting. All of you is welcome here. Here is our wonderful guest today to introduce their gifts and passion to you. Hi, I'm Rachel from Dream Properties, um, a development company that um, works in Sydney, New South Wales. Um, my background is design and um, I've set up this company where I work with um, some fantastic investors to create beautiful homes that people love living in. So together, I bring together like fantastic teams of um, construction and consultants and also investors. And we work together on a common goal to create some amazing, healthy, sustainable, energy efficient homes. Welcome to Connected Conversations, which is here to bring you well-being, love, and connection through authentic and open conversations. And today I am sharing time with Rachel Lollekensop. I hope I'm saying that correctly, because I really wanted to nail that. <laughs> uh, Rachel is the owner and director at Dream Properties. They're creating clients' dreams into reality, focusing on property development, design, project management. And Rachel is particularly passionate about supporting women to get them into their dream homes. And I didn't know about the energy efficient stuff, so I'm a bit excited about that. We'll have to get into that. But thank you so much for sharing your time and story and your beautiful and passionate work with us today. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I want to know where it all began, to be honest. Like, where did design all begin for you? Um, I think as a kid, like I really loved um, art and drawing and things. And then naturally sort of I, I went into, um, did a creative arts when I finished school and then moved more into a Bachelor of Design. So I did, I studied at the University of New South Wales. And then from there, I worked in interior design for a while. Thought it found it a little bit um, stayed and ended up going and working in the events industry and designing sort of these magical spaces and dinners and events and um, so it was much more um, flamboyant and exciting design and then um, the the toilets and uh, shopping centres that I'd been detailing previously. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Oh, wow, because I, you know what? I often forget when you go to an event that someone's had to design that. Someone's mm. you know, had to create that that feel, that ambience, that energy, that welcoming that you walk into. And thank you for reminding me and us, the people listening to, to that, because um, I, you do, you do forget that that's actually someone's, you know, their little brain has got an idea and they've been able to create this amazing space. So, yeah, and even when you walk into a shop, I, I do notice that when I walk into shops now, like how it feels, and I often think, wow, what great design. <laughs> like someone's really thought about this. So hang on, you went into creative arts and then from there you did a Bachelor of Design. Yeah. Is that like, um, what's that one that everyone goes into thinking that I know, oh, I can't think, oh, maybe I'll come back to me. There is a course I know that people do and quite often it's like, it's almost like a foundation for something, like it's a little stepping stone that people start. <laughs> and I feel like creative arts would be that. Well, I think. Art world. I think I had a bit of a rebel rebellion against my parents who thought I should do something creative. So, of course, then I went into started law after school. I'm like, no, I'm going to do something completely different. So, wow. I mean, after a year of law, I'm like, this is way too much boring reading for me. So I flicked over to um, back to the creative, but I was by that stage a mature age student. So I kind of got in doing creative arts. I did one year down at Wollongong and then I transferred back up to University of New South Wales. Oh, wow. I love that. I'm going to rebel against what my parents want. It really <laughs> only stuck me up there, didn't it? <laughs> but you know what? I mean, that's quite often what takes you off your path is what gets you back on. Hmm. You know, like you've got to sometimes step off it's almost like to prove it to yourself. I don't know about you, but I've had that experience where I go off on a little tangent and I think, yeah, this is the direction. Oh, distracting myself, I think, is what it really is. But the truth of what I do is I've always come back to this path. I've always come back to coaching and I've always come back to <laughs> well-being and helping people get to their soul. So, you know, thanks, yeah. universe, for popping me in the same direction all the time. Yeah. <laughs> for helping me ignore it. <laughs> Absolutely, Yeah. I want to ask you though, how did then you move into property development? Because that's like, I've got to say, they don't feel like, a that doesn't feel like a natural, uh, not a judgmentally, but it doesn't feel like a natural progression. Like how, how did that happen to move into well, property development? I had um, a company doing sort of events, retail fit outs and exhibitions with my partner for about 12 years. And then um I, which was all around, you know, getting the corporate message out there and, you know, creating, basically um, taking a message and creating a three-dimensional experience of that message to really reinforce it. Mm. And I think I had my daughter and I just kind of was like, I don't want to do this corporate bullshit anymore. I mean, I was just like, there's, I, I need there to be more meaning than just making mm. up this marketing bump fluffy marketing stuff into you know I just needed there to be more meaning in my life and I think when you have children you just really sort of strip away all the stuff that's not important and get really back to the essence of things and so I, I think I, I've always had always loved you know um, doing stuff in property and we I we did some of it renovated some of our own homes and things and I'm like I actually really enjoy that process and I enjoy being able to bring on a new team each time 
and um, not having employees as such. And if somebody in that team member didn't gel, they're out for the next one and you get back, get a new team and or new elements to the team. And then you get to that team that's like synergistically really works well together, have a common goal and have that really can-do ad attitude. And it just then makes life so much easier and, you know, going to work, it's fun. So I think, you know, on most of my um, sites, you know, or you have a joke around and everybody's really helpful and considerate of everybody else. And it's like all working together as a common on that common goal. And so I liked the fact that you didn't have to be stuck with, you know, employees that might be, you know, balls and chains and that you could just have that sort of more flexible and mobile team to work on. And so I guess after my daughter was born, I, um, didn't want to work with my husband in the company anymore. It's just way too much, too many hours together for too much time with different like ideas on things. Um, so I said, you can have that corporate stuff. I'm going to go and do um, property. And so I basically um, did it, did some courses, um, which sort of were like the, my design background and the company's sort of fit outs and things like that was really a foundation for that. I, I'd been using my creative skills and project management skills. So property was just kind of different specifics of the same kind of, um, you know, creative process. Mm. So, yeah. So then um, I just started to do some of my own projects and, did some more courses, met more people and sort of grew sort of a wider network of um, people that were doing similar things, had, were like-minded and um, did some mentoring programs. And to now I just um, do it full-time. And it also gave me the flexibility to be able to look after my daughter in her younger years, take her to the sports stuff, be there, take her to the school stuff. I could move, you know, work around her requirements and needs. So. Oh, I love that because you're right. Kids definitely change you. Although I'm a bit stubborn, so it wasn't until my third baby that um, she rocked my world in vitro. And I'll say the team, she changed me. That's yeah. what catapulted me to go. Wow, we need some really drastic change inside of you, Em. Um, but three babies, it took me to, <laughs> to rattle my cage that far. <laughs> Well, mine didn't want to come out for two and a half days and then came out and went, oh, oh. the last 13 years hasn't stopped. Oh, nothing, so. no, I mean, look, my son was a huge shock to me. I got home and went, Who the fuck sends you home with a child? Like, honestly, why isn't someone here helping me? I could hurt this. Like, not that I was going to, but like, oh, what do I do? I was so worried about doing something wrong, being a first baby that... Yes, and, you know, highly independent at that stage. So, you know, it wasn't asking for help of anyone, but just <laughs> like it needed to be offered anyway. <laughs> but it definitely changes you. But my third is the one where, you know, I probably had that similar moment to you that really just, you know, made me click in and go, is, you know, what am I doing? Mm. Like, what am I doing? And is this what I want to be doing? Um, and who am I being as a role model for that child? Who am I being to lead uh, that child into their future and things? And so, yeah. And yeah. what am I standing for? So, yeah. And I think my, the, my third child was when I had that moment of, I'm not raising children, I'm raising adults. So, who do I want to raise? 
and you know having that pathway to well who am i being and what example am i being to them because mm -hmm. i'm not dialed into myself so i can't ask them to be connected if i'm not connected to self and what i want to do um i really like that because what i'm hearing from you is that it's a lot of what you do is about relationship building yeah definitely. yeah and so from there the other thing that we really came across strong is and i love is that you're creating magic teams yeah they've got to work really cohesively and and gel because if they don't i imagine projects Go out of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So talk, let's talk about property development. What are you looking for? Like, what are the things that when you're looking at properties that will stand out to you? Cause you want to create these amazing, beautiful homes. Um, so obviously it's got to stack up financially and, you know, there's got to be sort of a profit in it. Um, but realistically I'm looking for, we look for, um, pro Properties that we can add more than like take one property and divide it into two, three, four. Um, mm -hmm. So you're dividing titles. Um, and I think we sort of, I mean, we've been doing work around the inner city and the Northern Beaches. Realistically, because well, the Northern Beaches is close to where I am, but um, also because you build up relationships with agents and over time, then they bring you, properties that are not on the market that you don't have to scramble at an auction to buy wow. so then um that sort of opportunity means that um you know obviously it saves a lot of time quite often you can negotiate better terms um like longer settlements and things like that so all of those things are big factors and um so then i, I just tend to I mean, I've got enough coming from the agents that I'm working with at the moment that you know there's an that I haven't really, like I still go and have a look at things all the time. And I think it's really important to really have your finger on the pulse in terms of mm -hmm. the, the market. But um, uh, at the moment, we've got enough in the pipeline. So we're sort of, you know, to without having to go and, and get um, additional, look, go and look out for additional things. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. But in terms of, so then how, when design comes into it, is that something that happens when you're looking at a property? Like how does your design hat come into it like what you know that's the kind of thing i guess i want to understand what are you looking for in a property that says i can make this like exponentially more beautiful well most of the time the properties that we do are knockdown rebuilds so i'm not even walking into a house looking at what how i can modify that house i'm looking at the land and thinking how can i get rid of that house and what can i put on this <laughs> got it got it and so do you work with a building designer is that um i've got a, a fantastic architect who i work with and quite often she'll do some um do all the concepts um and of the, the the facade and things but with my design background i pretty much were i've been working with the agents and the demographic for long enough that I really know what layout works, what people want. And so it, that really isn't about reinventing the, the wheel because I'm just giving people what they want. You know, they want X amount of bedrooms. They want a garage, lock up garage. They want, you know, a open alfresco sort of open plan living and potentially a second living space. So it's just kind of getting that to work within the floor plan. So quite often I will do that spatially and then give that sort of concept to the architect. She will 
beautify it, make sure it fits into the council um, requirements. Yeah. And, I mean, her designs are so beautiful that she'll send back three concepts and I'll just like, I love every single one of them. They're just. We'll just keep these two to the side and on this block yeah. alone we use this one. We'll <laughs> just revisit those ones. They're, they're absolutely like everything she presents is just so elegant and beautiful and the way she presents things is beautiful. And so um, yeah, I love working with her. Yeah. yeah, I can see again how relationships come into it for you and that feel that you've got to have yeah. with the person because if you don't have that connection, um, you know, regardless of how amazing their work is, if there isn't that kind of alignment um, of energy, then it's... If you can't communicate with somebody and talk with somebody and talk through things, I mean, I think the building industry, that it's so complex and there's so many sort of areas that things can go wrong, even just in the preliminary stages, you know, the architect, there's so many different um, elements that have to be factored into the design in to, to adhere to what council, the council DCP um, controls that even a little one of those forgotten can make a big difference. So you need to be able to really have a good um, base to communicate and be able to communicate with the people that you're working with so that you can work around the problems and look for solutions rather than do finger pointing and blaming. So, Which doesn't really help in any relationship at all. <laughs> no, but sometimes <laughs> you uh, get stuck with uh, some... Uh, contractors that are very stubborn and um it just ends up in disaster so yeah look I was um talking about this recently actually and it's about that sense of responsibility and, and people who get really worked up and you know offended you know almost and and you know that if you're being offended or offending other people you're offending people that aren't responsible for themselves because if you're fully responsible human you can't really be offended like you just can't you're, just, you're good in your own skin you're like okay you know and if you do get offended then where are you sitting out of responsibility in your life so that always yeah what so then what changes have you seen because what what's it like has it been a thing being a woman in, I don't like to make it about gender but I am always curious because I've actually worked many years ago in warehousing and receiving area and I can still distinctly remember being on the forklift one day and I was only in my early 20s and coming out to unload a back to school truck it's a very yeah. busy time and this guy was like oh are you going to get one of the guys to unload this <laughs> and I said to him oh can I is there like a manager or the coordinator and I was and I was like that's me I tell you what, I've got another truck I'll go do now and I'll come back to you. The other truck was 30 pallets, so I was going to be a while. And he complained and whatever else, but my boss came out and said, well, you didn't <laughs> let her do it. So she had to get to something else. You wanted to see a manager, called a manager, came and saw her. So it was a thing, you know, having a woman on a forklift. Yeah. Wowzers, like they're going to go crazy. Um, ha have you seen that kind of stuff? Has that been a thing in there? Yeah, I mean, look, typically... Um you do get a little bit of it but I find that when you know you work with teams and once they know what you're talking about and um that then you I end up getting quite a lot of respect and then you know sometimes I don't know sometimes I think almost being a woman woman sometimes it's easier to get things like negotiate things and there's less of that sort of macho you know chest puffing between two different people like they sometimes they're more willing to help me in a sticky situation or something than they may potentially 
with a, a, a man who was doing it. So. Oh, wow. What changes then, have you seen in the industry, though? Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. What were you going to okay. say? Um, but then, like, there are sometimes some people that are, like, really chauvinistic and you well, can I talk to like somebody that's a man like you clearly would not know what's going on and how to sort of run a site so can is there is there some can I talk to your husband that's what I, I usually get oh is your husband there I'm like yeah no he's got nothing to do with this this is my project so yeah <laughs> wow okay and <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that <laughs> <laughs> Just get um, your husband on the line and <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. But in general, like I think overall, most of the time, once they understand that you know what you're talking about, like then you're just a part of the team. And I think, you know, typically on construction sites, there's a bit of um, you know, joking and taking mm-hmm. the mickey out of people, but it's all in jest and all in good fun. And you know, the most of the time on site it's it's good fun and you have a bit of a joke and everybody has a laugh but it's it's really um supportive of each other and um so it's good it's probably one of the few environments that you can be politically incorrect and not everyone's going to run out <laughs> yeah doing someone for being offended <laughs> totally <laughs> So I've been having heaps of conversations around this because I'm I've hit my limit of people being offended by stuff. I just had a friend that had, had her contract ended. She's been with a company for thirteen years as an independent contractor because um, she put something on about women's rights and her mum and someone from transgender got offended by it and said that she was being you know offensive to them and not supporting. She was like, I don't know, I don't know how I can't. So anyway, I just went, we've gone too far. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry. We've gone too far. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We can't say anything without someone getting into trouble for it now. So I probably would, that'd be fun, actually. I do remember warehousing being like that. Some of the stuff that we used to get up to and talk about out on the floor in the retail area. Oh, no. There's yeah. no way you'd have that. But in the warehouse, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. completely you shut those doors and it's a completely different environment <laughs> so what changes have you seen though because oh, it's you know you've been in it for a long time yeah so um, what happened? i think um more and more women are coming in working in the sort of male typically male dominated areas and i think that it, there's a lot more sort of acceptance and i mean it, for most of the part um people like i don't have any issue with anyone so um I, yeah I, I just feel like there's more acceptance and um but it's like I guess really it's like any um job or project that as soon as you assert and show that you 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 know you know what you're talking about and you've got it you've got your shit together and you know then and I think it's also really important to keep people focused on the end result and the common goal and that we're all here to work together and if we work together it's going to be sort of a whole lot more harmonious and and in flow and easier for everybody than if we just um you know just come in this is my little tiny box and I'm only going to do this and I know that you dropped your hammer but I'm just going to watch you come down from the ladder when really I could just pick it up and hand it to you so you know it's kind of all getting having that team that really wants to work for the common goal so I mean you've just said a lot in that and you're not just talking about a work site 
you know, if we want to talk about this as a as a community and as a society in terms of humans, how often does someone drop their hammer or drop something in the street and everyone just stands around watching them? Yeah. You know, and not helping them. Begin, help yeah. them. yeah, or even offer to help or anything at all. I had a young mum, this is a few years ago now, this poor thing, it was pouring with rain and... I, I must have had an umbrella or something with me. Lord knows why I did, but I did on this day. And I was about to walk across to get to my car and I could see her standing there with a baby, like trolley full, a baby. Anyway, I've just walked over to her and gone, shall we get to the car? <laughs> and she's like, really? And I went, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to stay? Because we don't know how long this rain's going to be here, sister. So do you want to like, we can do it. She's like, oh my God, because she needs to get home and I've got to feed her and sleep and it's taken. I went, Dennis, tell me, you've got a baby. Let's get you the car. Got to the car, unloaded. I got soaked because we had to keep the baby dry and all that stuff. And she's like, and she sat there and just started crying. And she said, I don't, I don't know. I, no one would help like that. And I go, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. I, I've done it, but other people would help like this too. But I was just here at the right time. But it was, I was really taken out. I walked away emotional going, even me to like I don't want to make her cry like, I just want to get a baby to the car <laughs> but I've had that experience my daughter one day I went to grab something in the car and I had her in the trolley and I thought she's all set it's locked in and I walked around to the front of the car just to quickly grab something before I grabbed her out and put in unloaded my groceries into the car and it moved like it was in a, at a standstill when I walked away from it and it moved and she actually toppled over in this. I know I was so lucky nothing happened to her. I had three people come from nowhere. Two of them grabbed my groceries and just packed it all up and popped it in the back of my car. The other one um, was letting, you know, allowing me to grab her out. They pulled the trolley up. Um, they were helping me check. Another person ran into the doctor and said, take her in there now. They can go and see you in there. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so people are out there willing to help. But I love what you're talking about because the relationships you're creating on site are really, you know, when we want to take it a bit wider other relationships we need to have yeah I think also because we do like multiple projects then it's there's a lot of time and effort going into finding a new subcontractor and or finding a new builder and going through all of that like there's always going to be teething problems they do things this way we do things that way and it's coming to sort of that common ground where you know you can mold a bit how each of you do things and and then push forward but you know so going through that whole process is a time-consuming process and so then when you find your you're 18, you just want to like, you don't want to have to go through that whole quoting stage. You just want to go straight to that person. And so there's longevity in the relationship for them. They don't have to do marketing for new like work or tendering for new work. They just automatically get our work. And, you know, there's that I'm super loyal for subcontractors and, and consultants and things that I've used that are, um you know, amazing. Like my conveyancer, she is so amazing that, she would like have to do something so bad for me. I just go like, just, it's not even, I recommend her to all of my friends. She's so amazing. And she's always like really helpful. And 
So she's like somebody that I'll always keep on my team. The same with the certifier. He's like so easy to talk to and he'll answer all my dumb questions. And and when I try and sort of sneak things around, he sort of, you know, works well with me that goes, no, no, no. Sorry, Rach, no. And then I come back to him with a slightly different drawing and saying, well, how about this? And he goes, it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck. It's a duck. So, <laughs> um, mm. But, you know, he, he's, he also, again, I just tra- I refer him to um, other people in the sort of network of um, investors and um, property community that I'm part of. And so it's sort of a win-win. I have a great, you know, team member. I'm, you know, really so happy with their work that I recommend them to other people. They get other work and um, and it's, you know, good good and easy to work with them so building that team that you can go from project to project Mm. and that really is speaking volumes about your project management because um when you're leading from an emotionally intelligent place and it's one of let's build relationships um that you know no one's perfect right like everyone's going to have their little idiosyncrasies and their little freaky stuff and the weird stuff that they do and but when you can find a great working relationship or great relationships then yeah, that would absolutely make the projects incredibly seamless. Well, as seamless as a project can be. Well, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's always not always smooth sailing, but I think the biggest thing I've learned, especially this year, is that because we have, you know, have had a builder that has been just a nightmare. And um, the biggest thing is to go with your gut. And at the beginning, I was like, mm, not sure about this. And, but I just rationally, I went into my head and I talked myself down and it's, you know, it every time I just go against my gut, it turns around and just kicks me, kicks me up the ass. So um, yeah, that's, I think through life, that's one of my biggest, my, my biggest sort of learnings that, I have like really strong gut feelings about things and you know that's your intuition coming up and going knock 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 sorry I think you should reevaluate this and if you ignore it it never ever has panned out it's always turned into disaster so uh, on a daily basis yesterday I followed my GPS to go to an appointment but intuitively I was like we need to go in the other direction which I didn't do and it took us 10 minutes longer <laughs> <laughs> and I was like but in my head I thought just note that Emma just note that that actually you were being drawn to the other direction and you didn't you didn't go so that's okay (laughs) (laughs) but it's so true though you've got to really you know listen to your gut and look like me doing this podcast I resisted it for a long long time because I got in my head about it and I thought who am I going to interview and who but there was oh I was always so guided to have because this is my favorite to have these conversations like to get to know someone and their work and their passion and what they do and and I'm loving hearing it because I really didn't understand what sits underneath property development like I had a very kind of um you know like very wide view on what it was but you've actually helped me really see there's so much more to it than just going along and picking a property and I I think um people think of property development as the big sort of multiplexes and lend leases and the big developers that are squashing out like the little kind of people but I, I for us we're 
all about uh, our number one is to always create beautiful homes that people love to live in. So, you know, everything that I create is something that I would love to live in myself. And I don't, don't do squishy little ceiling heights. I like to have that sense of space and light and lots of glass. And yes, maybe that costs more to do that, but then those spaces are so much more beautiful and so I really, and I'm really like conscious about the design aspects and all of the materials and fixtures and fittings and not just, you know, they look good for five seconds and then like as soon as somebody moves in, they break down. There's their good quality fixtures and fittings. They're like, you know, um, stuff that I would love to have in my house. So that's, um, that's I think, our focus. And um, when I say we, quite often I will do projects with other investors in our community. And so... Mm. Um, for each project um, I'd potentially do with different investors and different or joint ventures with another um, investor so that you know we can it means that we can do more um, projects mm. because we you know need to be able to fund less of it by ourselves and it also means that you know you're working with somebody else and you're sort of kind of sparring off somebody else with ideas and you're taking the risk together and you're, you know, having the celebrations and the excitements together. And so, you know, I think um, it's, it, I just love that. And again, it comes back to relationships. It's working with somebody else and having a relationship with somebody else. So, yeah. I love it. And it feels like you really look to bring out the best in others. Yeah, it really feels like that's what you're looking for in the relationship. How can you, that in through everything that you've said, it feels like how can I bring out the best in them to provide the best in what I need? Yeah. Well, and to provide the best possible home at the end that we sell. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. So I actually want to talk about supporting women because I know that that's something that you're passionate about, working with women around property development. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I've got one um, partner that I've got a couple of projects with um, and she and I um, are really like on on the same like level. We kind of just flow, we're in sync and, you know, it's amazing doing stuff with her and I just, um, and so I guess we're both sort of, well, she's come out of the divorce and we've got friends that have been divorced and they've got, you know, some money out of the settlement, but it's really not enough to get them into a home in, um, like in their own right. So they either end up with like a pokey little something that they don't want way out of where they want to live or, you know, it's just, so they're in that sort of in-between stage. So where we've been working with some of them to invest in some of our projects where it's, you know, a good return for them, but it's also, you want to build this network where, um, you know, there's not, and it's not sort of um, just isolated to that sort of demographic or women that have been uh, coming out of divorce, but that mm -hmm. sort of makes sense and it, it supports like the sisters and it sort of gets them into projects, gets their money really working for them. And, you know, because some sometimes if it's just a straight loan agreement, we, we might do it if the project can hold at 15 to 20% return. So when you compare that to like, you know, what do you get in the bank? One or 2%. So mm. significant chunk or, you know, there's options where we might um, do joint ventures with somebody else where they put some equity in and get a portion of the project and, it's still like all of our expertise and um, experience to, but they're, they're part of it. So 
it gives them um, that opportunity to get into sort of bigger projects and then build their nest egg and then and to see how you can take something that's like um, a small and split it into two and then be able to make money and or potentially sell one and keep one and it, it sort of gives them an opportunity to be in in that process that they wouldn't be able to afford if it was just on their own or they wouldn't have the skills to be able to do so yeah I, Rach, I love all of that because what and you know like correct me if i'm off base here but it really feels like you're inviting the community of women around you to come in and invest so yeah. it feels like a community investment so rather than looking for these you know big huge you know already wealthy people you're actually providing an opportunity for people that aren't in that space that can, you know, begin to invest in a few different projects over time or keep reinvesting and so that they can keep building up, as you said, their nest egg so that they can get into their own property. That is so beautiful. I love the basis of what you do because it really does center around two of my favorite things in the world, community and relationships, because let's face it, without them, humans are fucked. Like, you know, we just are. We actually need that. Wow. So how, can you just have you you've obviously approached and worked with women around this. What's their response? Like when you're approaching them and saying, hey, do you want to do this? How how do you walk them through that? Because I know from my perspective, I'm pretty nervous. I think um, that with like we've done um, with the they're usually friends of friends, so mm -hmm. there's already that level of famili familiarity anyway. But then um, we've got a track record of different projects, and we then we it's, they've usually started with a small amount for a shorter amount of time, and then like once that sort of return back to them and they can see the value in it, then they're more confident to go again and go again and bigger and and for longer. So um, some of the other investors have been in the property um community for a long like a longer time so there's already that sort of credibility and um rely you know um belief behind that and but even still i mean like it's a lot of money quite often it's a lot of money to put down with you know realistically it's outside the sort of scope of banks and things so mm. um but i think the success of our longevity is that you know, making sure that we really look after our investors because without them, we wouldn't be able to do as many projects. So, um, and keeping them um, constantly up to date with where things are at and going through things, if if things are going a bit pear-shaped, you know, really stepping through them, keeping them in the loop so they're not feeling like, you know, they don't know what's going on. Um, and just, yeah, looking after them. So... I love that. I just I want to encourage any female listeners that want to get invested in property, <laughs> get in contact with her. Um, yeah. <laughs> Head on over her way and have a chat. That's amazing. All right. So I want to talk about um, healthy business habits um, because to me, one of like the healthiest business habit that you have really spoken to, you know, throughout the whole interview is relationships. But what other healthy business habits in property development do you need to have? um well you've got to be a pretty organized and um just be able to think on the fly solve problems and really look at sort of I think the biggest thing is to look at 
the solution and always keep the end result in mind so that, you know, when everything's sort of pushing, sometimes it just feels like everything's going wrong and you're being pushed off your perch and, you know, suppliers let you down and, you know, it's just staying focused on that end result and on the team and just, you know, pushing through and looking at, you know, all of the the negatives and all the positives and just wait, working on how to, work through the problem to a solution because there always is a solution so it's just how creatively you look at the problem and how you sort of you know stack those blocks up in a different way to make the solution that works for all of the different parties so yes such as life (laughs) (laughs) yeah um do you often find sometimes do you have to sit something to the side to go i can't actually solve this right now like does that ever happen where you have to just go i I need to step back from this because i can't actually find a solution so i need to because when i'm something so much bigger than me i quite often i have a habit of handing it over to the divine i literally just send a little prayer to the universe going i can't figure this shit out right now my brain and my heart got nothing so just and then the next day something will happen and I go, oh, right, okay, that I can see the way through. Does that ever happen Well, I think I probably should do that more, but <laughs> typically it's quite sort of time sensitive because you've got a whole lot of um, suppliers and contractors stacked one after the other. And if mm-hmm. one of them pulls a pin, then all of the like pins fall over so or the dominoes fall over. So um was times I probably should just step back and hand it over, but I end up trying to like push through and find a solution. And, you know, there, I guess there, or I, I really have the belief that there's always a solution. Um, but I think sometimes I can probably um, spend too much time when I could probably just hand it over and get a better result. So. <laughs> oh, man, that's a message for us all. I don't know. You know, for me, I, absolutely when i'm trying to scrap you know i call it holding on to a wet fish you know like i'm trying to hold on to and just hold on to it really tightly but it keeps looking in my hands and so they're the times when i just go oh look i just i can't even decide this like i just have to hand it on over um and you know i've had a couple little magic pieces happen recently from that perspective me just going well i i I don't know how that's going to work so universe do your work (laughs) yeah and it did and it handed it over so i want to ask what keeps you passionate about your work because um like project management would be like i think it'd get pretty stressful sometimes yeah it does get very stressful, <laughs> but i guess um i don't know i love that sort of having an idea and seeing it like i love when a house comes out of the ground and and seeing it sort of and then the finishing off stage when all of the, like the floors go in and it's painted and the kitchen goes in and the bathrooms go in and you see the first tiles go on and it's just like <laughs> it's so exciting seeing like you know that baby come to life kind of thing and um having a vision in in your head and seeing it just sort of start to sort of appear it's like I guess it's like you know the old photographs develop being developed when you put them in the um, tray and suddenly the image comes well that's kind of what it's like until you have this beautiful finished product and yeah so oh, I love that do you still get your hands dirty like being that you've come from a creative background I imagine that you'd still yeah. like to sort of use your hands and I still like, I do like a little, sometimes a bit of the landscaping or, you know, 
bits and pieces, but I tend to sort of hand it over and delegate as much as possible to people who do it all the time and uh, quicker. Because I think that the trap that you can fall into is, oh, well, I'll save money if I do the painting myself. And but what you don't realize is that it takes you four weeks when a painter would have taken two weeks. Oh yeah. They've got yeah. like <laughs> they've got all the, the tools and the materials. And by the time you then go out and buy the equipment and the extra rollers and the, the drop sheets and the blah 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 blah. And you always have then, you know, it ends up costing you a lot more than you thought. It takes longer than you thought. And so this it's a false economy. You're better off just getting somebody to come in and who does it all the time. And then I can focus on just making sure everything, everybody comes in at the right time and everything runs smoothly and, you know, all the lights are ordered and on site when the electrician needs them or all of the baths are going to be there for the plumber or all of those sort of things. So, yeah. Oh, I love I try it. not to get my hands too dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been known to sweep up the sites because I just really cannot stand a dirty site. So, if <laughs> up and the site's like filthy I'll like spend some time tidying it up and sweeping it because I like to walk in even in those like you know initial stages where there's um you know it's just framing and a shell I still like to walk in and have space and clean and tidy and so yeah well you know and I, I don't I don't know where I got this from but I always have it in my mind even when I'm at my desk or anywhere clear space clear mind yeah, I know. I totally get that. <laughs> agree because I look at my desk at the moment. It's like, <laughs> yeah, mine's gotten a little bit. I won't show you. Like, there's stuff happening around me that I'm like a little bit exploded, but that's okay. Yeah. So, I've got um, a final three watts for you that I ask everybody. Mm -hmm. you ready for me to shoot? Yeah. Yeah. So, what is well being to you? Um, well being is feeling healthy being healthy, being balanced and being really grounded in your own skin. Mm, grounding, so important. And so what are your must-do daily wellbeing practices? Um, so pretty much every morning I get up and go for a run and watch the sun come up. It's like, mm. sort of, you know, the magical time that the elves and the magic comes out when it goes from dark and the sun comes up. And then I usually meet my um, husband at there's this um, coffee van at the beach. So I usually meet him there and get a coffee and walk back with him. Um, and that's sort of like our daily ritual. And I, I also, before I, I, when my alarm goes off, I sit up in bed and I do my choices, my daily choices. Yeah, it's like my intention setting um, for me, that meditate and then do my choices, and then mm. I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, I love that. Is there any other wellbeing practices that you have? They don't have to be daily, but do what other wellbeing practices do you have? Well, I do yoga. I'm, I'm doing some running um, races, which I'm, I've signed up for an ultra marathon, so it's um, 50 kilometres in the Blue Mountains. So oh, that's my God. sort of goal at the moment. Yeah, <gasps> You'll have another friend of mine there, Niall. He's a runner. He's a, um, He lives up in the Blue Mountains, I think. Oh, he's probably a lot faster than me. <laughs> oh, look, he honestly, he talks about running like I talk about um, eating. <laughs> You know, like he, I, I told you how me having a cup of tea is like him running. Like it's just so pedestrian. He's just like, I'm a runner. That's what I do. Like yeah. he, he says, I go for an 8K run and it's nothing to him. And I'm like, oh my God. 
<laughs> All right. So then what does having like these well-being practices, what impact does it have on your life? Uh, I think the get dirt, being physical every morning, it just like I've noticed the mornings that I haven't done it because I've had to do an early Zoom or I've woken up later, I've had a late night and I just find my body doesn't function as well. I get sort of niggly aches and pains, you know, everything just doesn't, I just feel, don't feel, I feel like I haven't brushed my teeth. So for me, it's getting my body moving, getting that sort of energy flowing that um, the physical, you know, just really sort of running stuff out. And for me, that's a bit of a meditation because all of the junk that's in my head that I just might go over and over and over until I've run, run it out. And after, you know, about, five or 10 Ks, I've got to, or most of that junk's gone. And then, you know, the good stuff comes. And so um, I just find that's just really beneficial to my mental health. Ah, I love that. I really think, um, you know, people talk about not being a morning practice and maybe morning people and all that kind of stuff. But I really think there's something so special about having a, um, a centering practice in the morning, whether that's running, uh, whether that's meditating, um, but ha first thing in the morning, having something that centers you and grounds you, um, yeah. into your day, and you find peace in it. Because I don't know how people have a peaceful day. I don't, I, you know, when I don't meditate, when I don't do yoga and, and do my stuff in the morning, oh yeah, I feel it. And I yeah. can feel a bit chaotic and think, mm. <laughs> totally. Well, and also I think um just experiencing that magic time when you know a lot of people are still asleep and that you know they just feel like the, the magic elves and the fairies are out and the sun comes up and it's just every morning it's different and and looking out over the ocean the ocean is just different every day and it just really sort of connects you back into the wonder of nature and that sort of beauty that's just always changing and so much bigger and more powerful than us 100 i agree in um <clears throat> i'm in victoria and so around this time our sunrise is a little bit later so it's around seven o'clock which is too late for me i'm back home at that stage so um over winter i kind of i miss i miss seeing the sunrise but over uh, spring and summer bam <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. It's like my magic time. Like I'm out at 6.30 and I, you know, you get to sort of feel the day start and there is something definitely magic about it, 100%. Rachel, this has been amazing. Thank you so much uh, for sharing what you do, how passionate you are, the relationships that you build and the absolute uh, love that you put into all of your work. That's so magic and you can feel it when you talk about it. So thank you so much for sharing so openly. And for people that are wanting to invest in properties, particularly women, head on over and catch up with Rach. <laughs> See what she's got on the go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have a chat and um, share share all the things that I do. So yeah, it's been beautiful. Well, thanks everyone for sharing your beautiful time and energy. And please remember to be yourself and feel good for being it because you're the only person that can. We'll see you next time on Connected Conversations. Mwah! Have a beautiful day. Bye for now. Connect with Rachel at dream-properties.com.au. To connect with me, head to mmua.com. Enjoy your day and thanks for sharing your time.